Good morning. Welcome to All Souls Unitarian Universalist Church. My name is Susan Caldwell, and I'm the Director of Religious Education. We are an intentionally diverse community who hold that we need not think alike to love alike. Whatever your identity, whatever your history, we are delighted you have chosen to join us today for worship. Visitors are welcome to attend any of our activities. There's a list of them in your order of service along with contact information for the person coordinating each activity. Our service this morning is a little different from most of our weekly services. Our children's religious education program is divided into five thematic modules throughout the church year called Pillars, and we celebrate the end of each pillar with all ages together in the sanctuary for a special service. Today we'll explore the wisdom of a number of the great world religions, and we'll look at why that is particularly Unitarian Universalist thing to do. Our chaplain, Barbara Jarrell, will be back in the pulpit next week. Membership in this church is open to all who are willing to support and participate in the life of this church, who contribute financially to the extent that they are able, and who affirm the principles and purposes of the Unitarian Universalist Association. If you would like to know more about us, there are several options available to you. You might fill out one of the blue cards in front of you in the pew back, which includes places to mark what sort of information or contact that you would like, and then you can drop the card in the offering basket when it is passed around a little later in the service. Another option is to speak with the person at our guest table in the foyer after the service. They, too, attend the service, so it may take just a moment for them to get back there, but they'll be glad to answer whatever questions you may have. Yet another way to find out more about us is to attend one of our newcomer information sessions, and we happen to have one of those today after the service. Before we get started, there are a couple of changes to your order of service. Um, Change them in mine, forgot to change them in yours, so I apologize for that, but I promise the change won't be too traumatic. Um, our opening hymn, which will actually be our second hymn, where it says, uh, the questions stay the same, I love that song, however we are not singing it twice. We are going to sing number 361 there, Enter, Rejoice, and Come In, and the choir will not sing after the chalice lighting, they will sing on the second page after the responsive reading. can follow along as we go. It's going to be okay. Whether you're new here or you've been a member for multiple decades, please join us after the service for coffee, tea, and conversation. Hang around a little while. Get to know each other better. Let us get to know you. And find out what's going on and help us to strengthen our community. As we move toward the body of our service, I would ask that you please silence or turn off all electronic devices. And... Um, Thank you, and let us enter the spirit of worship. For our chalice lighting today, we have perhaps members of the second through fifth grade class, and if not, we have Audrey Allen, their teacher. We've had some illnesses and some unexpected... uh... Come on, Zoe, you can do it. Audrey has been their teacher for this pillar, and we really appreciate that. As Unitarian Universalists, we come from a tradition of drawing the circle wide and wider still. As we tell the stories of different faiths, we relate them back to our Unitarian Universalist principles. 
In the UU history class I've been teaching the adults on Thursday evenings, we've just finished learning about Emerson and the Transcendentalist, who broadened the stream of our faith from its Christian beginnings to take in the influence of Eastern thought. In the light of the chalice, listen to this retelling of the lump of salt story from the Hindu tradition, which resonates clearly with our first principle, the inherent worth and dignity of every, per- of every person. A father walked with his son down to the river. The father carried along an empty pan and carried hidden in his pocket a lump of salt. Why did you bring that empty pan along, father? asked the son. You will see, my son, I want you first to carry it down to the river, fill it with water, and bring it back up here. So, so the boy did as his father asked. Pulling the lump of salt out of his pocket, the, the father then told his son to put the lump of salt into the pan of water. They both watched and waited for a while. After the boy dropped the salt into the pan, now, said the father, I, I want that lump of salt back. Please pick it up and hand it to me. But father, I do not see it anymore, said the boy. Hmm, said the father. Then he asked the boy to taste the water at the one end of the pan. The boy did as he was told, put his mouth at one end of the pan and tasted the water. The water tastes salty. That was all the boy could say. The father said, now son, take a sip at the other end of the pan. How does it taste there? It's salty there also, said the boy, after doing as his father had asked. You say it is salty, my son, and yet you say it cannot, you cannot see any salt. No, sir, I can see none of it at all, answered the boy, my son said the father, even though your eyes do not help you see see any salt, you know from tasting the water that what was before just a small lump of salt is now everywhere in the water. Now my son, you should know also that although your eyes do not help you see God, there are other ways you may use to find out whether or not God is. God, like the salt, is everywhere, here, there, and far off. As the salt is hidden in the water, so is God hidden in all the world. God is spirit, as you yourself are spirit. God is hidden in you, my son. God is you, and you are part of God. The boy was quiet for a long time. He was saying to himself over and over what his father said. God is everywhere, here, there, and far off. As the salt is hidden in the water, so is God hidden in all the world. God is spirit as I am spirit. God is hidden in you and in me. You are God, I am God, and you and I are part of God. Finally, the boy said, help help me to understand even more. It shall be... So, my son, said the father, there, there is much more to learn. 
Thank you, Zoe. Excellent job. I work so with Zoe. Zoe. If you'll stand as you're comfortable and say with us the unison affirmation. Love is the doctrine of this church. The quest for truth is its sacrament and service is its prayer. To dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge and freedom, to serve human need to the end that all souls shall grow into harmony with the sacred. Thus do we covenant with each other. Zoe Walker, thank you very, very much. Hello? Hello? Good morning. All right. I would like to have the children come and join me down here this morning. We haven't done that in a while. You want to come down, Maggie? (laughs) Have a seat right down here. Especially these pre-Ks and K-1s can help me tell this story. Because they did it in their classroom. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Jaina. Hey, Eleonora. Want to come up, sit in a circle where you can see? This is a story. Oh, wow. Come on down. More. This is a story that has been told for a long, long time. It's been told by Hindus in India, and it's also been told by Buddhists all over the world. And it's the story of the six blind men and the elephant. Has anybody heard that story before? (gasps) I kind of figured that. That's why I'm hoping you'll help me remember, because there's a lot to remember about this story, and I don't always get all the details. In a village, in a very remote village... There were six blind men who had never experienced an elephant. They'd never, of course, they'd never seen an elephant. We know that. But they'd also never been around an elephant. They'd never had experienced it. And so an elephant was coming to town. A traveler was coming to town on an elephant. And they said, we must bring these gentlemen to be with this elephant and learn about elephants. And so the gentlemen came and they all surrounded the elephant. There's a picture that looks sort of like what happened on the cover of your order of service. And they started talking to each other about the elephant. And one of them was over by the elephant's side. And what did he say about the elephant? Do you remember? What did he say, Eleanor? He said, it's a wall. That's right. He said an elephant is just like a wall. Well, there was another man by the elephant's leg near him. He said, I don't know what you're thinking. What did he think the elephant was like? Anybody remember? His big round leg? Uh, A house. House? Kind of. Could be a little house. What do you think, Maggie? Well... I like that idea. You like that idea? So his big, his big round leg was what? A tree. 
tree. A tree. He said an elephant is like a tree. Well, around back, behind the elephant, kind of at the dangerous end, another one of the men said, I don't know what you guys are thinking, because an elephant is just like a rope. A rope. An elephant is just like a rope. Well, the guy in front at the other end said, Oh, what is wrong with you people? He was there trying to grab hold of the elephant's trunk, and of course the elephant doesn't particularly like this, so the trunk is going all over the place. And he said, An elephant is just like snake a snake he said an elephant is just like a snake so what have we got so far let's see we've got the wall we've got the tree we've got the snake we've got the rope well someone one of these gentlemen had climbed a ladder and was feeling the elephant's big old ear and he said an elephant is just like A fan. Thank you. He said an elephant is just like a fan. Well, a guy kind of near him was feeling the tusk. And he said, "Uh uh-uh, I don't know where any of you have been, but ouch, an elephant is just like a tooth. A A really big tooth, huh? Or a spear. An elephant is just like a spear, like a weapon. Ouch, it hurt. Who was right? All of them. All of them were right. But did any one of them have the whole story about an elephant? No. So why do you think we would want to study all of the religions? Because maybe just one of us doesn't know the whole picture, you think? And maybe if we learn about what those other people on the other parts of the elephant are looking at and thinking about, that it might help us better to know more about life and about God and about the world. What do you think? Yeah. (laughs) All right, thank you. You can go back to your seats now. Anybody got any idea of what Unitarian Universalist principles fit with that story? Because I know you remember all of them, right? Okay, I heard respect for the interdependent web of all life. That's a good one. Yeah, I heard it over here. The free and responsible search for truth. The inherent worth and dignity of every person. There's one more. Yeah, okay, but let me see if I hear it from somebody else. There's one more. That Somebody said that, and that's a good one. 
World community and peace is a good one. And I'm also thinking of acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregation. We are all around the elephant learning from each other. At this time, there's a responsive reading. It should be on an insert in your order of service. All religions, all this singing is one song. The sun's light looks a little different on this wall than it does on that wall, and a lot different on this other one, but it's still one light. We have borrowed these clothes, these time and place personalities, from a light, and when we praise, we are pouring it back in. The offertory reading this morning is from the Hadith, a non-Quranic Islamic scripture. Not one of you is a believer until he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. In gratitude to be together in a place where we can work together to do what is needed for all of our brothers and sisters within these walls and beyond, we will now accept the gifts of the people. Take a few moments to set your papers beside you to release whatever tension you've been carrying. To breathe in peace, to breathe out love, and rest here in this sanctuary. Not just a building, not just a window but a true sanctuary in every sense, a place of safety, a spiritual home and refuge, a place to create an opening for the sacred, a home where together we might receive and multiply the blessings of source and carry them forward into our community. Join me, please, in the spirit of prayer. Source and spirit of all life, God far beyond any one name or understanding, we come together once again, grateful for the traditions that have enriched our own, and at once humbled and ennobled by the wisdom that is open to us. We hold in light and love those who are ill those traveling far from us, those suffering loss, asking blessings on all of them. Grateful now for this opportunity to be still and present to this very moment, we rest now in the silence. Some just had lots more love to breathe out than others, and that's okay. (laughs) 
Thank you, Alexander. For years now, I've made no secret of my love for interfaith work and my belief that it's an essential part of our own faith journey. It is certainly an essential part of mine. My husband often says, make I statements, so that's definitely my I statement. Few people who've known me for more than a day or two have escaped hearing about World Religion Day and why our participation in that event is so important. And I'm finding here lately that the same goes for our work with Northern and Central Louisiana Interfaith. These are two very different organizations with two very different purposes, but they complement each other and we need them both. One teaches us to talk with each other at deeper and deeper levels of understanding, to learn about and come to appreciate each other's faith traditions and what they have to offer. The other empowers us to work together to make real changes in our community, and both compel us to put a human face on the one that we would call other to learn from that person's insight and experience, and to explore what we now might do together, discovering our common ground, working around or even celebrating our differences. What can we go and do now with someone still more different from us? To follow the teachings of that wonderful Marge Piercy reading in our hymnal to say we and know who we mean, and every day we mean one more. Simply put, we can't do much with just a piece of an elephant. Sure, it's fine if the work we're doing only calls for a rope or a fan or a snake or a spear or a wall or a tree. But to accomplish this kind of work we need to do in our church, in our community, and in our world, we need the whole elephant. It's about being better people, no question, more loving, more expansive, more inclusive, And it's also about being better Unitarian Universalists, fully living into the legacy of our history. In our adult UU history class on Thursday nights, we've decided to extend through the month of March in order to explore more fully the late 19th, 20th, and early 21st century developments within our faith. At our next meeting, not this Thursday, but the next, we'll be looking at how the late 19th century Unitarians were reading the scriptures of the Hindus and the Buddhists, among others, and the part that that study played in the expanded vision of our faith. Unitarians were major players in the very first parliament of world religions that took place in Chicago in 1893. And our own 20th century Unitarian theologian, Dr. Henry Nelson Wyman, believed in the power of creative interchange between individuals and groups of different faiths. Martin Luther King Jr. actually wrote his doctoral dissertation on the work of Wyman and Paul Tillich. And Wyman's work was really very likely a strong influence on King and his own idea to look toward Gandhi as an inspiration for nonviolent resistance. And Gandhi looked toward Jesus for his own inspiration. What better examples of constructive interfaith influence and involvement. Our historical roots are Christian. Our name, Unitarian Universalist, is derived from two movements that took root in the very earliest days of the Christian church and evolved most fully into the faith we know now on this continent. But make no mistake, there was no one day when someone just said, okay, now we're going to include all these other ideas all of a sudden. Our faith as we know it today has evolved directly and organically from those original ideas of God or source as one unified, Unitarian, and the idea that all are saved, all are good, all are God.
universalism. Before we close, I want to tell you a little bit about what will happen at the end of the service. Our seventh principle is respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. Our sixth source is earth-based spirituality, some of which you've experienced and will experience again in the calling of the directions and when we close the quarters at the end of the service. Our pre-K and K-1 class has been studying about another earth-based tradition, that of Vietnam, and they studied about the festival of Trung Thu, which is a holiday in celebration of the moon that's also essentially a festival for children. The children dance through the streets in long snaking lines wearing masks and holding lanterns. And the children made masks and had their own celebration right in their classroom. And they want to share some of that with you as you leave today. Not just yet, but when, when it's time to go. And we'll sing the closing hymn. We'll extinguish the chalice. We'll have the calling of the quarters from the high schoolers again. And then as the postlude music begins, I'll ask you to stay and we'll let our pre-K and K-1 children come down front, and then they will lead us out of the sanctuary. Okay? Does that work for you guys? Years ago, a new church, a free church, was built on a hillside in Transylvania, which is now Romania. The people worked hard for days to raise the walls, to put on a sturdy roof, to build strong and beautiful doors and heavy, well-crafted pews. And when the church was finished, one little girl noticed there were no lamps, only lamp stands. And she asked her father, Daddy... What will we do for light? And he replied, Don't worry, sweetheart. The people will bring the light. And so you do, and so you have, and so you will again. And so now, as we extinguish our chalice, may we take its light within us until we return. <laughs>